Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dumb's Hit Music Station, FM 104, Louise with you until 1 o'clock. I'm now joined on the phone by technology correspondent Martin Landy. Hello, how are you? Hi, Louise. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. So, we're going to be chatting about the top gadgets of 2020. That's right, yes. it's. Um, I know there's been a lot else going on in 2020, but there has been some very cool gadgets as well. There has, absolutely. So, where do we start, I suppose, with the list? So, uh, where I'm going to start with this, actually, is probably the, the thing I actually had the most fun with mm-hmm. when I got to test it out earlier this year and that is uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit oh, cool. which is basically the idea of playing Mario Kart in your house while you're also playing it on a screen it's, it's sort of every I guess Mario Kart enthusiast's dream absolutely that sounds brilliant because I would have been like a Sega Mega Drive sort of ish kind of child and so that's right down my alley <laughs> well exactly so the, the idea with this is you have uh, the Mario Kart game on your Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Nintendo's big console at the moment. Yeah. And what that, but that also combines with a new little uh, remote control car. You know, there's either Mario or Luigi, depending on which one you buy and which one you prefer. Cool. Um, and you combine that then in your living room with these four little cardboard gates that you set up and place around the room and drive the car through to draw out a track that you then race on. The race takes place on your Switch, virtually like it always has, with all the banana skins and you yeah. know everything else. All the fun bits. Um, but at the same time, using augmented reality, it shows that the race is taking place in your living room. So you'll zoom past your own feet on the screen. And the whole time as well, the car is also zooming around the room. Um, if you've got pets, they tend to love it. My cat was chasing it constantly. <laughs> um, but it's just such a cool combination of the virtual and the real it's a great use of augmented reality um and like you say you know after the sort of the, the, the mega drive the super nintendo generation mm-hmm. um who remember these remember games like this when we were a bit younger we're gonna love it kids are gonna love it as well and i had so much fun testing it out it sounds really clever oh yeah it is no it's it's Nintendo have got really good at this sort of thing. Anyone who's familiar with their Nintendo Labo yeah. uh, cardboard constructions, the the, the the cardboard gates that are used to make this are very similar, and they're getting so smart at combining the sort of the real and the and the, and the virtual now. Yeah, amazing. So then, what would we move on to from a very cool idea? So, 2020 has also been uh, actually a really big year for foldable phones. Yeah. Um, a couple I want to pick out in particular from one company actually who have had a great year when it comes to this and that's um, Samsung mm-hmm. so they've launched two big new foldable phones this year and actually crucially they've both been 
really viable and successful, which until now, foldables, you know, the idea that your screen can fold in half or open out and be put in your pocket has still been a bit of a novelty and a bit of a concept, and it hasn't always worked that well. Yeah. Uh, Samsung's two new devices they launched this year, the, the, the Z Flip, mm-hmm. which if you remember those uh, flip phones, clamshell phones they're called from like the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, it's basically the Z Flip looks like that but opens out and it's a, a full screen on the inside that then just folds in half. Uh, they launched that at the start of the year. That was a great success because it was a lot smaller than all the foldables we'd seen previously mm-hmm. and just seemed to appeal to a lot more people. And then their big flagship folding phone was the Z Fold 2, which came out in about September. And that is sort of a, a standard smartphone size screen on the front and then you open it up like a book and inside it is a, sc- is a screen the size that you would normally find on a tablet to give you a, a rough sense of the scale it's that screen on the inside is about the same size as an ipad mini so you're basically getting a phone and tablet in one which That's is obviously handy. a big selling point yeah. for the phone super handy and i actually use samsung myself and i find them very good but like that you know when something new comes in you're like oh is that going to break are we going to have problems with that but it's great to hear that actually they're they're very good and they they work as they should like well that's the thing you know Mm. samsung themselves had some issues with their first generation of the fold um, Mm -hmm. last year Uh, others have tried it as well huawei have have brought out a foldable motorola um brought out a foldable version of the razor which of course was a massively popular phone at the start of the 2000s that, again, hasn't been perfect. It's still got its issues. But I think the idea is now, that the exciting thing is now, what we've seen this year is, for the first time, proof that these aren't just novelties. They're not just going to be concepts. There's going to be a time when these are probably going to end up being the mainstream. They're not there yet, but it's a really good start. Yeah, because I found, actually, the phones are getting bigger and bigger, and they're kind of, most of them won't fit in my bag, which is kind of a nuisance. So you're kind of carrying it around. So it's nice to hear that that's kind of where we're going so at least then they're going to be a bit more compact which is good yes exactly it's a great way to get around that problem of well, phones can only get so big before they become tablets or laptops exactly yeah so, exactly so where do we go next after phones so actually what i'll do is we'll stick with phones for a second because okay. there was another really big another really big phone landmark this year and that was the first time that the iphone kind of came with 5g yeah. Um, with the iPhone 12. And in particular, I want to single out the iPhone 12 mini, mm-hmm. um, the smallest of the, of, the, of the four new iPhone 12 models, basically. Um, the reason it's, ex- it's exciting from my perspective was obviously big tick. It's Apple embracing 5G for the first time. That's a, a, a big thing because it's gen- when Apple embrace things, it tends to mean other people take it a bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um even though lots of others have been in 5G for a while and have had great success with it, it really feels like it's going mainstream now. Yeah. So people can look forward to all the advancements that are going to come with that. Um, the Mini is also a teeny tiny iPhone. It's it's pretty much, it's the smallest iPhone since uh, the iPhone SE, which is the one that is the, sort of the same size as an iPhone 5. Which And that's from a few years ago now when phones were a lot smaller. They've really got a lot bigger since then. Yeah. And, the, and the, the minis are taking it back to that smaller size. If you've got smaller hands, I know lots of people have had problems with iPhones and other smartphones in recent years, like we just said, about them getting bigger. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to, you know, you can't reach across the screen with one hand when you're trying no. to text with your thumb, things like that. You know, you can't reach your Instagram <laughs> like, like the a, top corner. It's like bringing your hands to the gym when you're trying to reach the top one. <laughs> Exactly, and yeah. it totally gets around that because it's taken it, it's really scaled it back down again and made it compact and um, a, a lot more usable in that sense. But on the flip side of that, 
you're not having to go back in time when it comes to features. This has mm. still got pretty much all the big new features that the iPhone 12 has got. It's got the improved cameras, you know, better night mode, things like that. It works using the new MagSafe magnetic charging system and things like that. So it's kind of got all the pluses. And I think the fact that Apple have decided to make an iPhone in this size again is really interesting because yeah. it means that they're looking to appeal to more people than ever before. And so that can only be a good thing for people when it comes to having a choice about what phone to get this next time they can upgrade. And they've obviously noticed as well that more people want a smaller phone rather than maybe the size that we're getting at the moment. Oh, totally, yeah. I think that's something that's happening across mm, the market. We yeah. went through a, almost an arms race of who could have the biggest and brightest screen. Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's kind of the same issue as it is with foldables, that we've reached that, that cut-off point, and now it's all about... No, we, we've reached the point where phone screens are as big as they're ever going to be as a sort of a standing, standalone form. Now it's about how can we be clever about how people use that screen. Do we make it folding so it can be bigger? Do we have it expand out as we're starting to see some concepts like rollable screens that roll out and get bigger? Yeah. You know, that's where we're going to go in years to come. And Apple are trying this as well now. But they're very good. They're always kind of ahead of everybody else, it seems. They seem to always be trying what? new things. They're, they're, Apple are an interest, interesting one. They're not necessarily always the first. Mm. The things like a lot of other companies have been have had 5G in their phones, for example, for a yeah. year now, possibly even a slightly longer than that. Apple are only just coming to it now. But they do have this very good knack um, of really getting attention when they do it and making people sit up and take notice. And I guess that's the power of Apple. I think that's, right? yeah, that's exactly what it is. You hear about it when they do it. <laughs> yes and yeah. you know it's, that's a great marketing tool to have yeah it's so true so where do we go next i think where we come to now is probably the two biggest devices i would say that have been released this year we couldn't talk about 2020 without talking about new games consoles mm-hmm. uh of course the the headline acts being playstation 5 and the xbox series x um i've been fortunate enough to spend a bit of time with both of these to see how they work they're both amazing i can say that straight off the bat <laughs> everything you can, everything you can hope for so congrats to everyone who finds one under the tree this year um yes. three i guess the three big there's a few big things to say across both of them because there are differences here and there and it can get quite technical when you start talking about teraflops of performance and that doesn't really mean much to people maybe or, you know sort of everyday people on the street so mm. the main things to note are and this is true of both of them they're both seriously much more powerful than their previous versions um they've both got huge graphics boosts they've basically got sort of processes and systems inside them now which we're more used to finding in really expensive high-powered gaming pcs mm-hmm. of years gone by and now they're in these homes games consoles that's a big step forward so games even older games that you can now that you can also play on the newer consoles oh, have been given improved everything looks better uh, everything works faster that leads into the second main thing to know about both of them which is they have both essentially eliminated loading times for games really um, they've both got different features that have different names about how they do this um, but you know the those, those days gone by of when you had to you would you know you download a new game you're finally ready to play it you'd launch it and then you have to sit there for anywhere Ages. between two yeah. and sometimes five even ten minutes waiting for it to actually load that's gone it wow. doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't really happen anymore. And, and brilliantly as well, if you sometimes, they've, both got, they've, they've got features where sometimes you can turn the console off, turn it back on, and within two or three button presses, bang, you're back in the game. Wow, that's really impressive. 
and that I think, and that's such a big bugbear for for video gamers. So I think yeah. that's a really, really um, important thing. Um, the other thing to mention is that uh, well, Xbox has obviously got its Game Pass um, subscription, which mm-hmm. is is essentially it's Netflix for games for Xbox games. Oh, so you, know, you can pay a monthly subscription and you've got this library of video games that you don't need to own that you can almost just rent for a bit and use and play. Um, that's a great system and it's always been something that's been a real advantage and, and, and Sony couldn't match it in some ways on the PlayStation. But crucially now, Sony on the PS5 are introducing backwards compatibility for the first time, mm-hmm. which means that you can play older PlayStation games from the PS4 uh, on the PS5 for the first time. And that's a huge thing. So obviously people who are worried about, you know, they might have a massive library of games from their yeah. PS4 and worried they might lose those. Not the case. You know, you'll be able to play, you'll be able to play them. And in many cases, they will, they will perform slightly better just purely based on what's inside those new consoles. So it's a it's really exciting time. And, it's, it's, you know, there's such a big hype. I know, I'm sure everyone has seen, will have seen the adverts yeah. and the billboards and all the hype around these new consoles. And you think, oh, we get this every time. They always mm-hmm. say biggest, most powerful, never, never, something like this has never been done before. They really mean it this time. It's going to be hard for them to outdo themselves, isn't it, really? Well, I guess that, that's kind of the exciting thing as well. Yeah. It's been interesting. Although the two consoles have been out well, around a month or so now, just under that, just over that, about, around there, mm-hmm. um, there haven't been loads of new games released yet. They're only just starting to come along now. So a lot of the, when these, these consoles first came out, there wasn't masses of things you could you could really road test them with you know in yeah. terms of new games there was one or two here or there to give you an idea i think what's so exciting about both of these like you say louise is the potential yeah for what's to come because the best games tend tend to come two or three years into a console cycle when it's been out a couple of years and the developers have had a bit of time to play with it really work out what kind of power they're working with they're like oh okay we were going to make the world we're building our game in this size let's double it because we know it can handle it so and that's what these two consoles both offer. They offer so much potential for years to come. And I think it's going to be amazing for gamers out there because yeah. some of the experiences are going to be out of this world. And that must be so much fun for somebody who's working with those consoles to be like, well, how can we outdo ourselves? You know, And as you say, they're going to be looking at it very strategically and going to really kind of go, right, how can we over like outdo ourselves with this? It's going to be pretty cool to see, really. Oh yeah, and this, yeah, this, it's great that they both got such healthy competition in each yeah. other, and I think they both revel in that as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty good year for gadgets. Yeah, it's amazing. So how can people keep up to date what you're up to on social and that? Oh well, I mean, so yeah, I am. You, you can you can find me on Twitter uh, at Martin Landy. Um, I promise not to bore you all too much with <laughs> the, the, the stuff I the stuff I tweet. Um, that's that's probably the best place to find me. Yeah. Super, Martin. Thanks so much for joining us with all them. Uh, pleasure, Louise. Anytime. And happy Christmas. Yes, you too. Happy Christmas. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 